as Christians, we are called to, and we are in the process of taking on the character of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the reality. As Christians, we are called to, biblically called to, and then hopefully we are in the process of taking on the character of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the reality of what we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2 says that we're to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus, and that is an attitude of humility. 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul says that we're to imitate him as he imitates Jesus Christ. The Bible goes on and says that we have died to ourselves as Christians. We have died to our agendas. We've died to ourselves, and now Christ lives in us. Christ lives through us. And so we are in the process of taking on the character of Jesus Christ. Be very sure today that is, that is our goal. Our goal as Christians is that his responses would become our responses. You ever wish you had responded differently? Our, our goal is that our response would look like Jesus' responses, that, that his actions, what, what he would do, would become our actions, that the things that we would do, that, that his words would become our words. Really, it goes back to that his heart would become our heart, and really it's talking about a heart change. Very simply, as Christians, we are imitators of Jesus Christ. Well, in that mindset this morning, I would ask you today to finish this statement. We are most like Jesus when we blank. When we what? When we fill in the blank. We are most like Jesus when we what? Now, I have heard several versions of this statement. Uh, I've heard one pastor, he has a very popular book uh, on this, and it says, we are most like Jesus when we pray for others. And when we're praying for others, we're like our Savior Jesus. And that's, that's the premise of the book. We are most like Jesus when we pray, when we carry others to the throne in prayer. Or another one, we are most like Jesus, we look most like Jesus when we give. When we give, I heard a sermon on that. When we give, and that's the, the essence of Christianity, that we're to be a giving people. Heard another pastor, heard another sermon that said, we are most like Jesus when we forgive, when we're forgiving. And really, that is the essence of Christianity. And we look most like Jesus when we are in the process of forgiving. Heard another sermon, heard another pastor. And he says, we are most like Jesus when we obey. When we are obedient, Jesus says, not my will be done, but thine. And he is obedient to the will of the Father. And we are most like Jesus when we are obedient. I want to tell you, there's a lot of truth to that. I saw a ministry, and their motto is, we are most like Jesus when we are serving the poor. When we are serving the poor. Again, I want us to think about today, we are most like Jesus when we... What? Now, I thought about that. I, I'm not so sure that we can get so narrow of an answer. I'm not so sure that we could come to, to that simple of a conclusion. I'm pretty sure there is no one right answer. 
But I do want us to, to think about today. I want us to consider today we are most like Jesus when we are burdened for the lost. We are most like Jesus when we are burdened for the lost. Do, do you think that? Do you see that? Isn't that a great question? Should we as Christians, saved by his grace, not of any work of our own, should we be burdened, seriously burdened for the lost? Maybe a better question is, are we? Are you burdened for the lost? Are we as a church, are we as Christians burdened for the lost? Or are we so satisfied? And so comfortable in our insulated Christian worlds that we have lost the plight of the lost around us. We've lost sight of the lost that are living around us. Today in our verses, we're going to again see our Savior's love. Today in our verses, we're going to again see our Savior's heart. And in doing so this morning, may, may we be imitators of our Savior's, our Lord's Heart. Our message today is entitled, The Crying King. The Crying King. We're in Luke chapter 19 today, verses 41 through 44. Luke chapter 19 today, verses 41 through 44. As always, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's holy word. Luke chapter 19, beginning in the 41st verse, verse says this. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which would make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. Our hope that still stands. Our foundation that does not crumble. We're thankful for our Savior who gives us peace with God. Reconciliation through the redemption of our sin with the holy God. I praise the name of Jesus Christ. We come today and I pray for us as we have gathered today, as we come and some are hurting, some have come from all different situations, but as we come here today, we come on equal footing. We bow before our Savior, Jesus. I pray that in the preaching of your word, we will be changed. I pray that we will be instructed. I pray that we might be, some of us, corrected. Pray that we would not look the same. I pray that our hearts would begin to look more and more like the heart of our Savior, Jesus. I pray for some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that do not have a saving faith in Jesus. I pray that in the preaching of your gospel, the drawing of your spirit, that today in this hour they might put their faith in Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would move, that you would work. We trust this to you. We lay it before you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It is an interesting thing when we preach through verses. It is an interesting thing when we travel through verses. There are some verses in this process that 
that lend themselves rather naturally to great points of application. There are verses, as we go across the verses, that reveal to us we should do this or, or we should refrain, we should not do this thing. And there is great application in those verses. Now, let me just tell you, I like that. I, I really like that. Now, maybe you've noticed it, but I'm kind of dumb. You don't have to say amen. I'm kind of dumb. And I do best and I would do best if God said to me, okay, blockhead, today as you go through this day, do this. As you go through your life, do this. Be sure and as you raise your kids, do this. As if, he, if he said, you know what, do not do this. As the, as the course of your days move by, refrain from this. I like that. I need that. That's one of the reasons I like the, the letter or the book of James. It gives very practical direction. I need, I like practical direction. I like that. But sometimes when we preach through verses, the verses really do not lend themselves to concrete points of application. But rather they serve to reveal our Savior Jesus Christ to us. Those verses all the way from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, they serve to reveal to us our Savior Jesus Christ. Friends, I like that better. I, I like that better. You see today, I love my Lord Jesus Christ. I am excited. I love my Lord Jesus Christ. I have determined and I am sure that I am nothing apart from my Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you better be sure I want to know of my Savior, Jesus. I want to hear of my Savior, Jesus. I want to learn of my Savior, Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I love my Savior. I love Jesus. Now there was a time that I would have said to you, yes, I love Jesus. I would have said, yes, I love Jesus. But I want to tell you now as I see him and as I read about him, as I study about him, as I try to walk with him, I want to tell you, I would tell you, Woo! listen, I love my Savior Jesus. And there's a difference. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. I love my Savior. I love Jesus. Oh, what a Savior we have. I love my Savior. Well, today we come to such verses. Nothing to do, but instead a Savior to see. Last week, we read as Jesus begins the final trip to present himself as the Messiah in Jerusalem. Really, we cannot imagine the magnitude of all that is going on here. We Really, we cannot imagine the magnitude of all that is being accomplished in these moments. We read the story. We've heard the story. We cannot fathom the magnitude of all that is going on there as these moments pass by that Jesus, the Bible says, has secured a donkey. 
Through his disciples, he secured a young colt. He has now crested the summit of the Mount of Olives and he started his way into Jerusalem. All of these years now have come down to this. The law foretold of the need for this trip. The prophets foretold of the promise of this trip. And now all of these years have come down to this. In this city, shortly to be in view is the very mount where Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now God the Father in this city will give his only begotten son Jesus as the final lamb on the final altar of the cross. In this city, soon to be in view, was the temple representing the presence of God. Now into this city rides Jesus, God incarnate, Emmanuel, providing sinners access to that God. In this city, millions of lambs have been sacrificed. Millions of lambs, lamb upon lamb, has shed its blood there as a sacrifice. Now into this city comes the Lamb of God, Jesus, which will take it away the sin of the world. All of these years from Adam who entered into sin, to Jesus now the remedy for sin, have now come to this. I cannot, I cannot imagine the magnitude of these moments. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Verse 41. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. Imagine. Bible says here, when he approached Jerusalem, when he approached, one translation says, when he drew near, as he draws nigh, when he drew near. Imagine the picture here, the Savior draws near. The Savior draws near. The Messiah draws near. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. I've never been there. As we have studied, we see that it is uphill to Jerusalem. There is a mountain range surrounding all the way around the city made up of various mountain peaks. On this, the east side the Mount of Olives would crest. And there, after it crests, they would begin the descent down into the plain on which the city of Jerusalem was built. It is reported that on this route, Jerusalem would would remain hidden. As you leave Jericho, you couldn't see Jerusalem. As you come to the crest there, you couldn't see Jerusalem, that it would remain hidden until on the descent, until this point would suddenly it would become seeable. Literally, there would be a point along the path that it would come past this point over the crest and that he would see the city. It would be laid out there before him. Can you picture it? He is traveling. He's making his way to Jerusalem. He has come the last 25 miles. He has now started the last two miles. And as he crests the Mount of Olives and he starts his way down, there is a point when all of a sudden spread before him, he beholds the city of Jerusalem. At that point, 
as the crowd cheers, as the crowd is cheering at the point that he sees the city, the Bible says Jesus weeps. Listen to this. See the image here. In the Greek, the word wept means to express no longer containable grief. Sometimes we have a light view of weeping. To express no longer containable grief. It means intense sobbing. It means burst into tears. Jesus the Messiah, amid, amid the cries of rejoicing, he comes past this point and now as he beholds Jerusalem, he cannot contain his grief any longer. He can't suppress it any longer. And the Bible says Jesus is sobbing. He can't contain it anymore. Our Lord is crying. He's sobbing as he beholds the city. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Jesus is sobbing. In this city, he will not be accepted, but rather he'll be abandoned. In this city, he'll not be revered, but rather he'll be rejected. In this city, he'll not be crowned, but he will be crucified. He will be killed. That's the plight of Jesus in this city. But notice here, our Lord doesn't weep for himself. His sorrow is not for himself. It is for this city. Oh, what a Savior we have. He weeps over the plight of the city. Verse 42. saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they've been hidden from your eyes. He saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they've been hidden from your eyes. These people, this nation, its leaders, had hardened themselves to his message. This nation, this city, its leaders, they had rejected the truth of his coming. They had denied the Messiah. Soon it's gonna be very evident. They're gonna show it by crucifying him. Can you imagine an innocent man and yet they've rejected the message at the point that they would say, crucify him. A man who will die, who will breathe his last and they say, crucify him. They've denied his message. They've denied his coming. They're going to show up by yelling, crucify him. The verse says, Jesus says, if you had known in this day, if you had known in this day, no city had more clearly been called to repent than this city. No city had been more afforded greater opportunity to know who was coming than this city. No city had ever heard better preaching than this city. And yet Jesus says here, they didn't see it. In fact, they denied it. In fact, they rejected it. He says, if you had known in this day, if you had known, even you, 
even you wasn't an emotional plea, which means if only you. He says, if you, if only you, if only you would have known, if only you would have known the things that have made for peace. He burst into tears. If only you would have known the things that make for peace. Now, what are the things that make for peace? There's a lot of events that are gonna unfold, but there's only one thing. And that is the Savior coming to them. Jesus laments, Jesus Christ, if only, if only you had known that God has come as your Savior. If only you had known that God has come as your salvation. If only you had known that your Savior has come. But now they have hidden, these things have been hidden from your eyes. If only you had seen, if only you had seen what, what blind Bartimaeus had seen. But you wouldn't. And so now you won't. The Bible says these things are hidden. These things are concealed. The plan of God now moves forward. See this picture. See our Savior here. Do not pass too quickly over it. See our Savior. Jesus is brokenhearted. Jesus is hurt deeply. They, they couldn't see it. If only they'd have known that their salvation had come, they couldn't see it. They were lost and he's grieved over their lostness. They couldn't see it and he couldn't contain it any longer and he breaks out in sobbing over their plight. He grieves over their lostness. Grieves over their plight. And then he offers a prophecy. Verse 43. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. For the days will come. Jesus says, for the days will come. It'll actually be in less than a generation. In AD 70, it occurs. Listen to verse 44. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Jesus says, you'll be destroyed. History records in A.D. 70, that the Romans came and they surrounded the city on three sides, that they were able to breach the walls, that once they were inside, there was a terrible battle. They were able to take over the temple. They destroyed the temple. They destroyed Jerusalem. After the siege, Caesar gives the order to tear the city down. Most of the walls are knocked down. Many of them were even dug up from their very foundations. Listen to verses 43 and 44 together now. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. End of the verse says, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Because you did not realize the time of your visitation. Talking about when your Savior come. 
in these verses, in this verse, we see God's judgment here. Jesus says, you missed it. You carried on in arrogance. You missed it. It was revealed to you. It was there. It was available. But you carried on. You've missed it. And so he says, now you'll be plundered. Now you'll be destroyed. You missed it. Today, you can go and look. There are pictures of stones still lying in rubble. Jesus cries out. Jesus comes and he sees the city at this day, it's flourishing. He sees the city down there below and he breaks out and his grief overwhelms him and he cries because they miss it. Savior sobs. What a picture. Not one we talk about. Not one we hear much about. The Savior Sobs, not what we expect of our Savior as he, as he comes on a triumphal entry into his city. The king crying over his city. Today, same Savior, same heart, same plea. Today, how many will it be said of them if only you had known, even you, even if you had known the things that would make for peace? How many will be said on your street? How many will be said in our families, some even in our homes? If you, even you, had known the things that would make for peace, we have our Savior. Salvation has come. We have peace through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have our hope. If you, even you, had known, listen to me today, you can know, you can know the truth. Jesus has come. We have our salvation. We have our Savior. Friends, don't. Don't you miss him. When I went to church, when my granny prayed for me, I walked an aisle one time. If only you'd have known. Even you. If only you would have known. He hurts for the lost. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. You see, here's the impressive thing the king stops. He cries. His heart is broken. But then he goes. Down into Jerusalem. Down into a people that would reject him. Down into a cross where they would kill him. He breaks. His heart breaks. But then he goes. He sees Jerusalem. The Bible says he wept. I can't leave it there. Listen to these verses. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. 
and I saw, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, no longer any mourning, no longer any crying or pain, for the first things will have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write these words, for they are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. He goes and he secures our redemption. And he goes in a grave and he stands as the risen, reigning, resurrected Savior. And there's a new Jerusalem where we will stand in his presence for eternity. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Praise God for such a Savior. No work of my own. He goes and he buys a sinner's redemption. Praise God. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we come. I'm thankful for such a Savior. Oh, tell me the, the story of Jesus. Sweetest I'll ever hear with these ears. Write it on my heart, every word, Lord, I want to know Jesus. Let me act like him. Let me talk like you. One day let me stand in your presence. I pray for some in this room that do not know our Savior Jesus. I pray that on this day they would surrender their pride they would surrender their sin. They would turn. They'd put their faith in the risen Savior, Jesus. They would call him Lord and they might be saved. Stir in their heart. Lord, I pray rejoicing in you. I pray that we'll be a people burdened for the lost, excited about the truth, proclaiming it until you come. Use us for your glory. Lord, I pray in this time of invitation that you would move, that you would work, that you would continue to speak. I pray for decisions to be made at this time for your glory, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We're astounded by you. It's in your holy name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.